We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like, we call him uh, Gandalf. Because, like, he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. Yeah, my job is to never stop. Regardless of percentages, I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again. I'm here to stay. Hello, welcome to the Uncontested podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes literally wherever you listen to podcasts at and our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I'm the Thunder Mob Jacob. Today, I am joined by Taylor. What is up? We've got Justin. Oh, shoot. Darn. Frick. Young Sheck Wesson. I'm getting really rich. <laughs> <laughs> And we've got Nick. Ayo. No call me R tonight. Thunder just beat the Orlando Magic. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And then what this podcast is all geared around today, we are now, what, eight days away from the NBA trade deadline. Maybe the one, of, one of the most exciting times in the NBA calendar. So we are just going to talk a bang load of trades. Including maybe some Anthony Davis ones. Really? So, let's just uh, let's just jump right into this. I'm going to throw it over to Nick, and Nick's going to lead us through this uh, this post game chat of the Orlando Magic game. Nick, take it away. Yeah, very briefly, because I know what's more important than beating the Orlando Magic is talking trades. But you know, we did get a win tonight. Uh, we won by nine points. PG. Had 31 in the first half. Woo! 
really showed, you know, how how good of a scorer he is. He's had a lot of 30-point games this year, but 31 and a half is just different level. Uh, that being said, he did only finish with 37. What do you think was the reasoning for Paul George not getting going in the second half? Man, part of it, they just kind of completely crapped the bed in the third quarter. He didn't have a point in the third quarter. I don't even I don't know what his shot attempts look like, but I can't imagine he got very many. And I I mentioned this in our Slack. It's a little bit concerning to me sometimes with PG. I think he does have a tendency to disappear a little bit because this isn't the first time this has happened. Because when he has a first half like he did tonight, like he should be demanding the ball. Like when they're struggling in the third quarter and OKC can't get a basket. He needs yeah. to just look at that bench squad that he's out on the floor with and be like, listen, give me the ball. I'm going to go get us a basket. And he let's could add 50 them. points. Yeah, exactly. you're exactly right. And then, I, yeah, and I like what, what Justin was saying about him kind of just not demanding anything, uh, especially when he gets going there like he did in the first half. But I, I, I'd like to say that part of it was just the Orlando Magic just trying to uh, kind of zone in on him. and That's true. See him up more, but... Honestly, I, I, it's the Orlando Magic. They don't really have a lockdown defender, you know. <laughs> so I really feel like it's more right. of a, it's more of Paul George just. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Do we lose Taylor? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The wife was trying to tell me something, and Brody wiling out over there. Yeah, sorry. I got distracted. Anyway, right. I agree. <laughs> we forgive you. I agree you. with you. <laughs> um. I agree. I, I would like to see Paul George be a little more assertive. But one thing I really did like that kind of leads into that is how Russ continued to look for him, particularly in that fourth quarter when the game got close again. Russ continued to look for him. Uh, he didn't try and take over himself and got Paul George, Nerlens Noel, some guys like that involved, and didn't just try and take take over down the stretch. See, I would say Russ did take over at the end of the game, but he took over with his passing. Yep. Yeah, he took over with exactly. his passing. Um, I don't know if I can like find the stats right now, but if if we could, I would bet that Russ's number on um, like potential assists tonight, you know, uh, passes that led to open shots that could have gone in. I bet his potential assist number tonight was like well over twenty, because he ended yeah. up with with fourteen assists. But I know in the first quarter alone, he had three passes that should have led to buckets. He hit Nerlens wide open for like a shot in the in the lane, and then he hit Paul and he hit PG for wide open threes, like wide open threes that they both missed. Yeah, they didn't um, fall. So like if, if those shots fall, I think Russ could have easily had a twenty assist night again tonight. Um, you know the the shot recently hasn't been falling well for him. I just think that, and I and I asked this question on on my Thunder Mob Twitter tonight. I think Russ, like legit, this season might be um, the best passer in the NBA. Yeah. Well, there was that and, whole and did thing you guys... that Mikey Barra and Fred yeah. did about passing accuracy and those yep. advanced stats that they kind of came up with. He's highly um, underrated. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one did thing we have mentioned. Yes. Uh... Wait, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say so. The Thunder were 9-21 from three, and right there, there's a lot of potential assists for both Russ and Schroeder that were missed, which, you know, 9-21 still isn't awful. Not bad. Three-point line, but um, particularly without Terrence Ferguson, and that's something we didn't mention. You know, Terrence has been shooting so well, and that's where Russ has been getting a lot of his assists recently, which is, right. you know, kind of crazy to say now, but it's true. You know, he's been 
we talked about Ferguson playing so well. So that's something else to mention when it comes to uh, you know some of these other players coming in and like no, uh, not Noel. Um, goodness, Nader, <laughs> Nader, and uh, yeah, Pamadou Diallo starting. Like that's gonna bring Russ's assist numbers down a little bit just yep. because of that right there. Good point. Russ didn't Did shoot the ball too to bad. That guy. Did you guys happen to see that guy? Um, I forget his name. Alex Abrinas. Ooh, Is dude! Like it was so team? random. Like I was. Who's so that? I watched the first so half strange. of this game at the gym, and I was. Uh, I was on the stair machine, and free throws or something came up, and so like I got off real quick and ran and got a drink of water out of the water fountain, and I came back, and I was like, Nader looks like a little slimmer. <laughs> and then I was like, because like the TV like on the stair machine isn't great, you know. And I looked and I was like, holy shit, that's Alex Abrinas. Like, didn't Billy just say two nights ago he's not close to playing basketball? And then I look up and Alex is just kind of like running the court, like playing basketball. <laughs> it was like oh, a he hit a three-pointer. And then like the, the, the announcers didn't say shit about it for like five minutes. <laughs> well, that's because <laughs> they're terrible. Like, he was out there playing, and then they went to commercial break, and they came back, and they were like, oh, yeah, Alex Abrinas is on the court. And I was like, this is a big deal. Like, we don't know what's going on with this guy. It was just very Nate, random. Then he didn't get, like, very much minutes after that, which I thought right. was strange. He, get he finished with, any like, second. five and a half minutes total. Yep. That's, it's just, that's weird. And then also TLC in a game like this, just not getting, you know, where we're shorthanded. Just not getting any minutes he's, at all. He's like just never going to. Abrinas are thing. just like, in the doghouse. Yep weird the abrinas thing is weird and i've been wondering like while we're recording this podcast at 9 p.m uh tuesday night after the game i'm still like cruising twitter waiting for somebody to tweet something that they've uh talked to abrinas in the locker room like uh, one of the reporters or something or to see a quote from billy donovan but there there hasn't been much of anything so it's interesting. So, so if if weird let me ask you this: If Ferguson is healthy and ready to go Friday night, does Abrinas play Friday night in Miami? Ooh. I would say he plays a little bit, maybe same as tonight. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. I know. Just, it's so weird. Like the the six minutes they gave him didn't. I don't know. Just it seemed to be like a token gift to alex of like hey let's let's get you out there so everybody knows you're still alive and i kind of said this is like halfway joking during the game but it's almost like they had to trot him out there for potential trade deadline bait just to prove that like he's still alive and can still play basketball so they like put him out there till he made a three and then put him back on the bench just so it's like (laughs) no no no, he's fine but other than that i don't i don't get it yeah it was weird just weird. Just, good to see him. I think, like, I'm glad he was out there. Yeah. I think back to, like, the last couple of seasons when we just all were kind of campaigning for him to get some more minutes and for Billy to put him in more. And, like, why isn't Billy putting him in during these times? This would be perfect. Uh, you know, he can space the floor so much for Russ. Why doesn't Billy use him? And then finally, it seemed like he, he gained Billy's trust for whatever reason this season and was getting more and more minutes and was playing really, really well. Actually, wasn't it the Orlando game, the first Orlando game, where he just, like, went off? for however many points. You guys remember that? Am I making that up? Or was that Charlotte? like six threes or something? That might have been Charlotte. Uh, But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Regardless, it seems like after this whole thing where he's been quote-unquote sick and just like disappeared, it seems like Billy, he's lost his trust again and and Alex, and I'm really not sure. He might be on the end of the bench for the rest of the season. It's weird, man. 
is yeah, weird. The uh, I think at least the the deciding factor in this game was Dennis Schroeder. Uh, after PG scoreless third quarter, we were down three going into the fourth. Orlando is coming off a twenty-eight to seven run in that third quarter, and early in the fourth, we went on a 10-0 run. You know, largely because of Schroeder, he had eighteen fourth quarter points. Woo. Is that the best stretch of Dennis Schroeder basketball you've seen since he's been here? Offensively, yeah, he was he was balling. Like he, that, how many in a row did he hit? He had like seven shots in a row. Something. It was crazy. Like he had that and one that like falling sideways and one that he dropped in, and uh, and then that. I I thought it was it was really nice to see like Russ played a solid defensive possession at one point, snagged the rebound, started pushing down court. And uh, and slowed it down and just gave it to Schroeder and let Schroeder work because he knew Schroeder had the hot hand yep. and like, you know that I think that's just a sign of evolution from Russ and then Schroeder buried that three and Russ was over there like in his ear just like hyping yeah, him up, dapping him up. Yeah. yeah, it was you know that was really good to see. Uh, not only that Schroeder like I'll try to look up the stats real quick, but Schroeder it feels like recently has his three point percentage has been climbing up a bit. I feel like he's shooting the three ball a lot better. Oh, definitely. He, he, he's been hitting, you know, as of late, like where the whole team has been hitting. He's definitely been one of those guys that's been helping that cause. Yeah, for sure. He's huge coming off the bench, you know, that, that second unit really needs that. And then when you throw him in with the starters, that's obviously huge as well. And just continues to open up the floor, even for himself, for Dennis to drive more and look at open teammates or look for I, open teammates. So last, uh, last 10 games, oh, sorry. Last, he, last 10 games, Schroeder is, uh, Four attempts from three per game, shooting 48%. Wow. Jeez. That'll do. That's great. Yeah. That'll do we'll just fine. That. <laughs> well, so this is from NBA Fantasy, and I took this screenshot at 8.06. Um, at this point, he was up to 18 points in the, the fourth quarter, and he was 7-7 seven seven from the field and 2-2 two two from three. Nice. nice. Yeah, for the month of January, Schroeder's 43% from the three-point line. So I know we're probably trying to move on, but just real quick, like to put this in perspective, I actually left my house like at the end of the third quarter and turned the radio on so I could go and get food really quick. So I like drove to Chipotle, Ooh. which is about like you, five wh- minutes away. Hold on, away. where'd you go? Chipotle. Oh, so like the the bitch version of Qdoba. Oh, what? <laughs> Get it's like it, you it's guys prefer gross. Chipotle over Qdoba? Yes. Yeah. Justin, the no, only I, the I, only I advantage. The only advantage Qdoba has is the queso. Queso, Chipotle yeah, that's it. And it. like the what? What was that sickness everyone was getting from Chipotle? <laughs> Dude, that was the e. best. Ebola, or so sure. no, no, whatever it's called. Um, e. coli. <laughs> Did you say <laughs> Ebola? That is okay. <laughs> Qdoba is way better than Chipotle, but continue. Uh. <laughs> so, sorry, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Anyway, so I get there, right? And it's like uh, the fourth quarter's just starting. And I'm leaving, I'm driving down. I look at the stats on my phone. First of all, don't text or look at your phone and drive. That's bad. Don't do it, kids. Um, but anyways, I was looking at, and I, I saw that Shooter only had three points. And granted, I'm listening to the radio. So I start start typing up something in the Slack and said to you guys saying, wow, it's unaccessible that Shooter against the Magic with uh, Ferguson out and his minutes increase only has three points. As I'm typing that, the radio says, Shooter just hits a shot, brings him up to five points. So I go back and change my tweet to five points. 
Then I get her <laughs> green light. So I put my phone down and there's like cards around me and stuff. So it's like a three minute period. I look back down on my phone. I actually send that tweet and Shooter had 11 points. <laughs> That's all in like four or five minutes. It was, it was just ridiculous. That's funny. That puts it in perspective how quick that was. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm honestly sick of talking Thunder Magic. Can we do some trades? <laughs> trades. Yeah. Let's uh, let's make it happen. All right. It is Tuesday night. The NBA trade deadline is next Thursday, February seventh, three p.m. Central Time. And we're, what we're gonna do here is I have spent like way too much of my the time of my life putting together <laughs> trades on the trade machine. And uh, I'm going to run you guys through some of these, okay? So we're going to do three tiers of trades. First tier are Oklahoma City Thunder trades. So for some ungodly reason, Justin, Taylor, and Nick, you guys have been put in the war room at the Chesapeake Energy Arena. You are the the brain trust of the team. You have some it, – it's 2.30 p.m., at trade deadline day, you have these deals in front of you waiting for your call back. I want to know uh, of these possible OKC deals, which one you are taking and which ones you are scrapping. This is the most important Let's go. day of my entire life. All right. I'm, you guys I'm ready? aggressive. I'm like Daryl Morey up in here. So <laughs> you guys have three trades on the table. You've been negotiating for weeks. These are, are the trades. The other teams have, have tentatively agreed to these, and it is your call on who you're calling back. You only get one of the three. Trade number one, you are going to send out your 2019, so this July's second-round pick. You're going to trade away TLC plus part of the mellow trade exception. You have no guarantee that this player is going to sign uh, a contract with you when his contract uh, expires July 1st. In return, you are getting Rodney Hood. Yes. Yeah, right I, was say, I think I do that. <laughs> <laughs> For TLC no in the second question. round. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Okay, your next one. <laughs> we're, we're starting off easy. That was a good one. So, there again, that, that's... that's Trade one of three. Trade two of three on the table that you're looking at is, again, your 2019 second-round pick, all right, and part of that trade exception. Again, you have absolutely no promise that this player would sign with you because their contract is up July 1st. You get to bring in Jeff Green. Okay. He'd be a nice fit. Just for that second-rounder? Just for that second rounder and part of the trade exception. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Your last one, again, this oh. player, his contract expires on July 1st. You have absolutely no promises or guarantee that he would sign and come back to Oklahoma City. You have to send out Alex Abrinas, who is alive. You have to send out Patrick Patterson, who has been playing better lately. Yep. True. And you have to trade. Hamadou Diallo. No, Hami. And this Man, is possibly for a rental of Nico Miritich. No, no, no. I might, I might giving up Hami for for Miritich because, like you said, he can leave 
Also, I just feel like he lacks on the defensive end, and that worries me a little bit, bringing him yeah. in, particularly with our identity as as a defensive-minded team. So Listen I'm going to say no to that. I've seen Miritich. Go ahead, Nick. That first trade, you're giving up a second-rounder and TLC. Not only are you getting probably the best of these three players, but you're getting an extra roster spot since you're giving up TLC to sign a guy at the buyout deadline. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. I think the thing with uh, Miritich, because I've seen his name mentioned a lot on Thunder Twitter ever since the AD news blew up. It's obvious Miritich is probably a trade piece. The thing with him is... Wait, what's the AD news? Okay. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I don't have hey, Twitter. Hey, can you uh, inform me? Hey, hey, can Boston trade for Anthony Davis? I haven't seen anything on Twitter Weird. about that. I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <Jess. laughs> anyway, the thing with Miritich is like his minutes because he's going to have to take a significant chunk from Jeremy Grant. And that's something I'm not sure that I'm willing to surrender if I'm the Thunder because Jeremy Grant just, he's so important to this team. And I think people especially outside of Oklahoma City, I don't think they fully understand his value to this team. And so it's easy to tell, oh, a guy like Miritich, okay, he's great at defense. Miritich will be fine, even though he's not great at defense. But what they're missing is that Jeremy Grant is a huge reason why this team is good at defense. And so if you're taking minutes from him and swapping it for Miritich, the defense isn't going to continue to be as good because he's such a big part of that. I agree with that. I think if you do some sort of trade with uh, for Miritich, you have to give up Patrick Patterson in the process so that way he can, sure. Miritich can come in and take those minutes because I don't think you want him getting – I mean, maybe a few more minutes than Patrick's getting right now, but I agree with you. You don't want to take much away from, from but Jared. I don't think I don't think you can trade for Miritich and only play him – well, it's, Patterson's getting 14 minutes a night. I don't That's think you can point. only play Miritich 14 a night. You're not going to get it. Get so we're, so we're, sc- we're scratching the Miritich trade, it sounds like. So we're between – Jeff Green and Rodney Hood deals on what we want to do. So I, I'm I'm on Rodney Hood. What do y'all think? We got to make a decision. I'm also on Rodney Hood just because I, I feel like he could be one of those like the next Nerlens Noel, Enos Cantor, Dion Waiters for the Thunder. You know the player development. Uh, I think has a lot of potential. But I do think if the Thunder are looking for a shooting big uh, or a, a big that can score, a second rounder for Jeff Green is a fair trade and probably probably the right value for him. And I think he could really contribute. Also, it'd be really cool to see Jeff Green back in OKC. But yep. in this instance, I would go with uh, Rodney Hood. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the same camp. I think you know TLC's value to this team is essentially non-existent. Billy won't play if Billy doesn't play him against the Magic. Billy's not going to play him. So you know you might as well trade him and get what you can out of him. So I, I lean that direction as well. But like you said, Taylor, I think Jeff Green. I think it'd be awesome to see him in OKC, but I think he could fit what this team needs in kind of filling that backup big role. I think he'd be good, but it, it, out of these three, I think I'll leave Rodney Hood too. All right, so you guys are taking the Cleveland deal. Jacob, before we before we move on, I have I've, I've a question to build on for this. Okay. So it sounds like we're all going Rodney Hood, and Miracic was our, our least favorite option. If we're at the deadline, would you rather have that Miritich trade he brought up or no trade at all? I'd probably say no trade. And my reason is this. I don't feel this team is like super – 
they're not in a win now stage right now because of how the contracts are set up. They've got their core locked down for the foreseeable future. So I feel like, you know, if this team was in a win now mode, I think you absolutely traded a young promising prospect like Diallo to get Miritich to try and win this season. But I don't think we're there yet. I think we can kind of ride out these young guys a little bit and see what we have and evaluate it down the road. Now, in a few years, we might be in more of a win-now state. But for what it is this year, I, I, I'm cool with riding with, with the young guys. I agree. I agree as well. And then, like Nick said, you can look for buyout candidates. And then from there, like Jacob has been preaching about you know, this entire season, use that, uh, that uh, exception from the mellow trade in the offseason when yeah. more players become available, and that's when you can get your key piece. And then that also gives you a, an offseason to see what happens with the Warriors if they break up. And now, granted, there might be a super team in L.A., but a new one. But <laughs> regardless, I think you're, you're, like you said, Justin, your window is it's much bigger next season, and that's when you can kind of go for it is these next two seasons. Nice. All right, let's move on to phase two of trades. Uh, you guys get to pick what you want to do for phase two. Would you rather do... Uh, general league-wide trades, or do you want to make a deal for Anthony Davis? League-wide. League-wide. All right. So these are just going to be some general trade ideas that I have. Uh, I'll give you guys the deal. You guys discuss it, decide. Uh, we, we can call this who says no. Um, that's my favorite. I, I just like to get on Twitter. Who and says I, no? I Twitter search who <laughs> says no. Yes. <laughs> And then, then I just like, awesome. repent for my sins. Um, so I'm going to give you guys a trade. You kind of discuss the trade, who says no, and then kind of um, maybe what each team's kind of outlook is heading into the uh, into the trade deadline. I think I got eight here. Okay, you guys ready? Let's do it. Ready. Trade number one. Portland is going to send out Evan Turner, Zach Collins, and their first round pick this season for for this June. In return, they get Otto Porter. Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Portland does that with that first. I think I think if, if I had to pick one, Portland says no. Yeah. Interesting. Why? I, I don't think they want to give that first for, for Otto Porter. I don't know. And it, Zach Collins was a lottery pick like Two years ago, yeah, yeah. You can't give up on a first round pick and Otto or and uh, Collins if you're going to get a guy in Otto who his contract isn't even what he's worth. I was going to say Otto's a bit overpaid. I think that's what makes that Definitely. one tough for me. That's a tough contract. He he's shown he can ball, particularly with like John Wall out this season. But I yeah I <laughs> I don't. He still worries me as a prospect. Interesting. So you guys say uh, say Portland says no? Yeah, I think so. I don't think okay. there's any way the Wizards would say no to that. I, I yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think Portland is is kind of primed to to try to make a splash, especially after like, the, the, the sweep last year. I think they're kind of primed to 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 do something at the deadline to to try to make their team a little bit better. I was gonna I say think, as much as as much as I think that they'd be the team saying no. I think that they're also a team that feels like their back's against the wall and they have to make some kind of shakeup. For sure. So at the same time, they may, and like a, a trade that we may not think is good for them, they may actually make just a mixed splash. Yep. I was listening to the uh, Game Theory podcast today by Sam Vecini. Good podcast if you haven't checked it out. 
Uh, but they were talking a little bit about Portland in regards to Anthony Davis, obviously. But they were talking about something that I thought was interesting that I hadn't really considered before with the Trailblazers, and that's they have a team that's kind of built around their star power in their backcourt. And what they've seen from other teams, particularly the Toronto Raptors, like you kind of reach your plateau. And that's what the Raptors did. And they decided to ship off DeRozan and bring in Kawhi Leonard to try something different. They felt like they had kind of gotten everything they could out of that backcourt. And I kind of feel like they had they were onto something there with Portland. Like has McCollum and Lillard kind of reached their peak? Do they have another level they can get to or is this kind of it? It's a good point. I, it's a really I think, good point. Yeah, and also, like today, there's been quite a few official reports now. You know, there's been whispers over the past couple of days, but I saw a couple of official reports about Portland trying to uh, get aggressive and make a move for Anthony Davis. So I, I think you're onto something there, Justin. Well, let's keep on the theme with Portland then. I have another Portland trade. Okay. Uh, this one, again, is Zach Collins and the first rounder this year, plus Mo Harkless who is under contract for this season and next season for Tobias Harris. Oh boy. Yes. Yep. You, yeah. <laughs> if you're the trailblazers, that is green light for you. If you're Dame the, and Tobias would be fun. To, to, the, Tobias Clippers, is on the last year oof. of his deal. The Clippers, the Clippers get it. a, the Clippers get a pick and Zach Collins out of it. They do have to eat that Mo Harkless contract for one more yeah. season though. Harkless isn't a free agent until July 1 of 2020. Just the fact that the Clippers are going to make a run at both uh, Boogie and Kawhi this summer, I don't think they take on Moe's contract because they're trying to get money off the books. That's a good point. So you think Clippers say no? I think Clippers say no. But man, that'd be fun for the Trailblazers. I know. And it'd be scary for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We have enough problems with them as it is. <laughs> so you guys kind of in agreement there? Yes. I think so, yep. yeah. yeah. Interesting. I thought that one was kind I, of a fun one. Um, I think Tobias would is. fit really well in Portland. I don't know if he would he would sign the extension or not, you know, uh, or, or re-sign in free agency. I mean, maybe. But, um, but it's interesting, you know. But I agree with you well, guys. I think the Clippers really want to maintain that flexibility going into the trade deadline. Or not sorry, the trade deadline. Going into free agency to see what they can get. And... Um, and try to make a splash there. I think that that's where they're more interested in. I agree with that, but I also would argue that uh, that Harris has played well enough this season that I think the Clippers would come out asking, starting asking for CJ. Like I think that oh. Tobias has played that well this season. I really do. I really do. It's a little bit of a hot take. I need to uh, pull up their stats and like side by side, but I won't because we're trying to move on. But anyways, I I think they would at least be asking for CJ. All right, you guys ready for the next Column one? Column has never made an all-star team. It's true. That might attract Kawhi. <laughs> okay, next one. Utah sends out Derek Favors. They send out Dante Exum, Grayson Allen, and their first-round pick in 2020. Jeez, what are they getting back? Mike Conley. Andy Davis. <laughs> oh, yes. Mike Conley. Who'd you say? Mem- Mike Conley Mike from Memphis. Conley. Oh, man. That might get it done right there. So then your, your starting lineup would be Conley, um, Mitchell, oh, Mitchell, Ingles, Crowder, Crowder, Gobert. Jeez. Does hurt your depth a little bit, though. But they're not giving up 
Ricky Rubio in this deal. That's a good Ooh, backup point guard. I will say this. I think that this is like not related to the trade itself. I think that people are going to be willing to stack their starting lineups and sacrifice some depth just based on how deep the buyout market's going to be. I think teams are going to be willing to give up multiple guys knowing that they could get two pretty dang good players in the buyout market. That's true. I could see that. So the the incentive here for Memphis is Derek Favors is non-guaranteed next season. Uh, Dante Exum is on a three is a, I think it's three or thirty million. Uh, Grayson Allen obviously on his rookie scale, but he was picked in the twenty, so that's pretty low. And the first round pick for Mike Conley, so Memphis can kind of blow it up. They can get off that money. Uh, that really the only long term money is going to be Dante Exum. They really have they have a choice each year on if they're going to pick up Grayson Allen's uh, um, option. And then they get the pick out of it. So for Memphis, it's all about getting off that Mike Conley money and trying to recoup some assets. Uh, for Utah, this is obviously about trying to get um, just a, a great backcourt pairing. Um, obviously, Mike Conley is older, so this would be for more of a short-term run. You know, they they obviously have to eat up that Conley contract for the next what is it, two or three years? Yep. But the idea is yep. try, try to widen, open that window for that next two to three years. They've been linked to Conley, I, too. So, you know, it's not unrealistic by any means. I, that's something that they've definitely been looking at. I think if the name of the game is who says no, I don't think either say no. Oh, so this one's going through. Yeah, I, that's, I think that's it, cheating. I think done. <laughs> yeah, that's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I, honestly, I, if we have to pick one, I would say maybe Utah because I think they would try and throw – uh, Rubio in that deal, rather than have both Rubio and Conley. Okay, so throw Rubio reason. in there. And I mean, keep, I think keep I think they would re, they would re- renegotiate. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because they've got. I mean, they've got Exum. They've got Alec Burks. They've got Rubio. If you keep all those guys and bring in Conley, that's well, that's Burks, too much. Burks is on the Cavs now. Wait, yes, he is. <laughs> Sorry guys, I'm trying to keep up. Um, but yeah, I lean towards. Uh, <laughs> I lean. I, I'm with you, Taylor. I lean towards Utah saying no. I think. But I feel like they would counter offer. I don't think it's just like a, yeah. I think so too. You. I think see you later. <laughs> the pairing of the pairing of Donovan Mitchell with Conley and Gobert in the paint is just it's it's it makes too much sense. I think no, they'd have to entertain it's something. It's kind of scary. I think Conley would just – he. I think he'd, he'd prosper from it. Yeah, I don't want to see that team in the playoffs. Yep. You guys ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay. This one's a pretty fun one. Philly sends out Mike Muscala, uh, the guy with the best name in the NBA, Furkan Korkmaz. <laughs> And their 2019, this season's second round pick to Orlando for Jonathan Simmons. Ooh. They get some of I that think, wing help they've been coveting. I think Orlando says no. Why? I just, I don't know. I feel like Simmons is that guy that, although they're not in win now mode, he's a guy that can defend at a high level and, and, his backstory on grinding through 
open tryouts of the G League and making it up to the big, you know, the big stage is like young guys see that and I think they're going to make him work harder. And I think that they feel and it's proven that you can get him on a pretty cheap deal. So I think they want to keep him around for a while. I think if they're giving up a wing, it's going to be one of the expirings. Interesting. You guys agree with that? Yeah. See, that's that's tough. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like Philly's pretty high on. How do you say his last name? Muscala. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, Mike Muscala. Yeah. They call like him Musky, which makes me I don't, feel uncomfortable. I almost feel like yeah. <laughs> musky. That is pretty uncomfortable. He's musky. That's such an awkward word. It's, like, it's like musty mixed and moist. with mi- mixed with ruski. <laughs> It's weird. <laughs> that is weird. It's a weird nickname. Imagine someone being like, hey, Musky, come here. Like, <laughs> sounds like a shitty name for a dog. I was going to say Musky the Husky. Sounds pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> oh, man. That's dog I abuse. Almost, That's animal I almost abuse. I like Philly would say no for Simmons. I don't know. I, I feel like Simmons' draft value, or draft value, goodness, his trade value has kind of decreased over the last season compared to like last season when Thunder fans were convinced that when he had Jonathan Simmons on our team. <laughs> right. Touche. All right. I don't know. I Although this season is Terrence Ross. But. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just can't figure out the magic. Like, I can't figure out I know. what their end game is. You. Like, are you tanking or are you not tanking? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, Mo Bama might all of a sudden turn into the next Shaq in the next couple I mean, months or something that's what they're banking on boy you gotta put 95 150 pounds on him yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he hasn't been too impressive so far but we'll see him develop all right you guys ready for the next one i'm ready let's talk about houston for a little bit mm. first houston tra- i have two of them first houston trade brandon knight and marquise chris so just basically rerouting those two guys from phoenix okay both yep. expiring deals Yep. And their first round pick this season for Kent Bazemore. Ooh, I like that. Obviously, yeah. Houston um, gets Bazemore, but but Atlanta gets off money because Bazemore has two seasons left. Uh, and they get that first rounder. And they, and they get a first rounder. And so it, it gets Ooh, off money, can get them into free through. agency, and gets them first rounders so they can start working on building around that core of John Collins and Trey Young? I think that this is a good trade and it would benefit both sides. But I do want to point out that people probably don't watch many Hawks games, but Bazemore is actually shooting pretty bad from three this year at 20, or I'm sorry, 32.7% from three. And he's a career like, 36% shooter. So he is kind of having a down year and he's getting older and his contract is, is what it is. I think that he's one of those guys that puts up decent numbers in Atlanta, but wouldn't do that much in Houston. See, I disagree. I think he would benefit a lot from being in Houston, playing with a guy like James Harden. I think we, as long as he could stay healthy, I think he'd put up some solid numbers, but I think that at least at first, Atlanta would say no because I think that they would be they the want to listen to more offers around the league and think that they could potentially get maybe just a little more than like Brandon Knight for example who's unproven coming back from injury and obviously Marquise Chris who even with opportunity this season on Houston with Capella going down really hasn't played very well and 
to the point that he isn't really getting minutes. So uh, I think they might say no and try and listen to other offers and see if there's anything better before committing. Can I can I can I put a stat in your head real quick to see if it changes your mind at all? Yeah. On him fitting in Houston, so he's only averaging 14 points a game this year, but he's getting almost 12 shots. How many? You think he's going to get 12 shots on Houston's oh, team? No. no, he definitely no. won't get 12 shots. So he but, may be averaging what seven points a game, eight points a game for Houston. I mean, I, I, I just don't, I don't see him doing shooter. the same thing. I really do. I think he could play like a Terrence Ferguson role for them. I don't know. I just I I could see him yeah. kind of fitting in there. I. But, I feel like it's high risk, high defender. reward for sure. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that's true. But well, I mean, the the is risk it high there, risk though. That's what yeah. I was going to say. The <laughs> risk is just the draft pick. Marky, right? Yeah, exactly. Aren't playing. Right. So it's it's not that risky. Yeah, I, and risk I think maybe playing. part of the risk there as well. I don't know if it's a risk per se, but I think part of that risk as well is uh, is taking on long term money. You know. But, but, I mean, they've right. already they've it's already got plan. Chris Paul for the next three seasons. Yeah. What's going to be the corpse of Chris oh, Paul? So, <laughs> yeah, as as a Thunder fan, you'd love to see Houston take on another terrible long term contract. That's, <laughs> that's a good point. Well, speaking yeah, they, of that, let's talk about the next Houston me. deal. That's a good point. How about that? Yeah, same yeah. exact package Houston is sending out. They're just rerouting Knight, Marquise, Chris, and that first round pick. This time, instead of going to Atlanta, it's going to another Eastern Conference team, the New York Knicks, in return for Tim Hardaway Jr., who makes $17 million this season, $18 million next season, and then a player option for $19 million in 2021. Wow. So, now, again, the, the Knicks like are going to get off of long-term money yep. and get a first-round pick realistically making them a serious player in the 2019 free agency class. Houston adds Tim Hardaway Jr. to to their roster, probably starts him with uh, with Harden and and Chris Paul. Hardaway gets buckets. He, he can, does, he but he reminds me so much of Gordon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, a good, that's a good comparison. I, dude... The, the Knicks sucks. already the Knicks already have like five young wanna be good point guards, I feel like. That's so true. <laughs> like between Moutier and Nidikina and all those other guys they have, it's like all these top ten picks that were supposed to be really good but really haven't panned out yet. So let's send Brandon Knight, another point guard who was supposed to be decent and then got hurt and hasn't played in two years. Yeah, but I think the the idea here is that I mean, you have Brandon Knight for, what, two and a half months, and then his contract just expires, and so it opens up all that money for them. Yeah. And, instead of paying true, Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh, like $20 so yeah, they million. Have, uh, they have Moutier, they have uh, Frankie, and they have Trey Burke. And they yeah. also have Lonzo, who essentially is a point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, he handles the ball quite a bit. So they're very heavy on the ball handlers. If you're going to tank for Zion, I guess that's a trade to make. Yeah, or what? They're trying to trade for or AD. I was gonna say the AD sweepstakes. <laughs> well, no, yeah, you you trade for those two so you can tank, so you can get that number one overall pick, so you can deal That's it for true. AD. I there don't you. know if you have there this you. later, Jacob, but I I want to ask this: If you're the Knicks, you get the number one pick, and you draft Zion, and the next day the Pelicans call you, assuming they still have Anthony Davis, and they involve a trade, including Zion for AD. Are you willing to give up what Zion could be to trade for AD? Yes. 
No question. I'm a yes, too. Like, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm not waiting for New Orleans to call me. I'm calling New Orleans. That's tough. Because if you get AD, uh, I think that makes you way more attractive to Kevin Durant. Exactly. Whereas if you have Zion, Kevin Durant's not not interested in getting playing with a high caliber rookie. He he's in win now mode. If you get AD, I think that drastically increases your chances of getting KD. And if you can pair those two at the four five, um, you just fill out the rest of it. Like screw it, you just fill out the rest of it and you, and you make a run. Like you're instantly a uh, a contender in the East. Yeah, I don't think you mess around with the Anthony Davis trade. If you can get him, you throw in whatever it takes. Yep. Chris Stapps and, and Zion, though, that's, that's a hell of a package. Yeah. You guys still play basketball. That might but. be the best package. You guys aren't considering, you guys aren't considering, though. If, I mean, if you're the Knicks GM, obviously it's a huge decision. Like, what if at that point you haven't gotten KD yet in free agency? And you take on AD knowing that it could be a one-year rental and KD could just as easily go to any other team. Uh, I still take the risk because if AD is showing you signs that he's not going to stay around, um, you flip him at the February trade deadline in 2020 uh, to a contender who thinks getting AD pushes them over the top and you recoup assets. That's a good point. And you hit the reset button. It's a lot to think about. Yeah, it is. It is. But I think you also uh, use back channels to gauge Kevin Durant's interest uh, before sure. you make the AD move. Right. You know? So, anyways, back to Tim Hardaway Jr. You, who's, who's saying no there? Is it is it the Knicks or is it Houston? I, 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 I think this one goes through. You keep doing these really good trades. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I'm pretty it, damn good if at I have job, to pick, If I have to pick one on this one, I'm going to say... Houston, just because yeah, of this, just because of the size of that contract. Okay. I don't know that he. Exactly I don't know that he moves the needle enough yep. for Houston to, for to what they're going to have to pay. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Okay, I have two more league-wide trades for you. The next one, uh, we're heading back to Memphis. Ian Mahimi, basically to, just to make salaries match. Markeith Morris. Thomas Bryant, who's actually really come on for for Washington, he's looked pretty good, and their first round, the Wizards' first round pick this year for Mark Gasol. I think the That's Wizards really, say no. I, oh. What if? So what, let's assume what, what that Mark is, Gasol is, says that they will. Uh, Mark Thomas Gasol says Bryant that he he will good. sign uh, a three year deal to stay oh, in Washington. If, if Gasol says he's signing a three year deal, then yeah, but. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming that's not going to be the case. That he's not going to reveal. They're going to be able to reveal before he's traded what he's going to do. And I mean, there's a lot of guys that say they'll do something, and the situation changes. But just based on the fact that he could be a half season rental, and the Wizards aren't in contention to even make the playoffs at this point, it looks like heck no. Yeah, particularly with John Wall out for the season, I think that definitely like if you have John Wall and Bradley Bill still. Bill, still, um, you probably still make that trade. Yeah, but I think that's a good point, Nick. I mean, shoot, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wizards start shopping Bradley Bill here just to, to kind of gauge interest and see if they can get a, a right. big package back. Uh, yeah, I just don't. 
I, I don't know what the incentive would be for the Wizards in this one. I think Marcus All would be an intriguing fit from a strictly like basketball standpoint. But I think you guys have kind of kind of summed up my thoughts on this one of with where the Wizards are at. I don't know if it's worth them investing in Marcus All for this season just because they don't there's nothing really in it for him this season. Would Beal move the needle for the Pelicans on AD? That's interesting. I haven't heard anybody talk about that. I know they're not a contender, and he said he wants to go to the contender, but... It's interesting. Somebody brought that up in a podcast I was listening to. Pair pair him and John Wall together. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be scary. Yep. I don't know if that's enough, though, to move the needle for the Pelicans. I think there's just way better offers out there. Talking about Memphis, though, I put me in the camp that firmly believes that Memphis is going to uh, to make a deal before the deadline. Uh, totally. And especially considering the fact that their pick this year goes to Boston unless it falls between selections one and eight. So Memphis already isn't going to make the playoffs, right? They're like the 14th worst team in the West. They're just too far out of contention. They're not going to make the playoffs. And the worst thing that could happen to that franchise is not make the playoffs, but be just good enough to not be in the top eight. So they lose their pick. Say they get like pick 10, not make the playoffs, lose their pick, and Mark Gasol opt out of his contract and sign elsewhere to try to win a title. Like that would be like the the trifecta of the shit show. So I think I think it's almost essential for them to make a deal to ensure that they get in the bo- in the top eight of the draft, bottom eight of the league, so they can keep that pick and make a selection and just start building around Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, I I feel like their backs are kind of against the wall. They don't have much of a choice here. Yeah, and like many analysts have said, I'm sure you guys have heard all the podcasts and it's all the tweets that I have. It's maybe a year too late on this as well. Probably should have yep, done this earlier. For sure. Yep. Like, I would be more surprised if Memphis didn't make a trade. Well, oh, shoot, I mean, remember your uh, preseason bet that we had when we did our, our preseason yeah, pod? Yeah, I was just a few, few yeah. months late. Yeah, right. But you were still onto something, though. I, I yep. agree with you. I, and I think they should have done it back when you predicted. So, yeah, maybe, I, maybe I those assets were worth more back then. If Gasol has already said he's not resigning with y'all and you know for a fact you're losing him, you would be a dumb franchise to not trade him for anything. Yep. Well, right. dude, I look, mean, look even, at what they did the, with uh, um, Tyreek Evans last year. I mean, they had deals yeah, on the table for Tyreek Evans, and instead they yeah. decided to keep him during their tanking season so yeah. they could play him for another two months and then watch him walk for nothing. And I, I mean, and that which was dumb, but what he, what, even more dumb, a guy that had a 28-point like, triple-double earlier this week and is – a guy that's been an all-star for a long time. He's still a great center in this league. And now he can if shoot threes. Gonna, if you're yeah. going yeah. if you're yeah, even even if a team offers a second round pick, that's better than letting him walk for nothing and not helping your tank case the rest of the year. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Yep. I am with you. All right, here's my last NBA wide trade. I have this is a Lakers trade. It's not a not a super sexy one, but I think it maybe makes a little bit of sense. Uh, Lakers are going to send out Josh Hart and Rajon Rondo in return for guy we watched play tonight, Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross obviously on an expiring deal. His contract is up July first. Uh, 
Um, that would allow the Lakers to get off a little bit of money with the Josh with Josh Hart's deal. Josh Hart's a young, intriguing player, and he can shoot the ball well. And Rajon Rondo could immediately come in and start for Orlando because they are starting DJ Augustine. And let's be honest, in 2019, if anyone's starting DJ Augustine, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> that's why I was going to be so upset if they lost tonight, if the Thunder lost tonight. But um, I think the Lakers say no because it, they really value Josh Hart from what I've seen and read and listened to. Um, I'm the it, it makes sense, but really? I think that I mean I I also, I also think the Lakers say no, but I think it's because of Rondo. I well, think yeah, yeah. I, mean, they, they I think in the, playoffs. in the playoffs, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, LeBron's out, and I, the stat that came out today is there's only a 16 percent chance the Lakers make the playoffs. I think when LeBron comes gone. back, they get back on track. But yeah, yep. The, the 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 value that Rondo has that he's shown in the playoffs, there's no way you can get rid of him. I'm with you, Nick. I think Josh Hart's promising, but I think, you know, any scenario, any trade scenario that involves the Lakers probably involves moving Josh Hart. So as much as they like him, I think they're, you know, they've probably made amends with him and know that he's probably not going to be a Laker forever. But I think Rondo in the short term, you know, you can't you can't replace what he brings to this team, especially not with Terrence Ross. And I don't know if you can trust Lonzo in the playoffs either. Exactly. But uh, I I think that they're trying to hold on to Hart for like you said, Justin. They know they're going to trade him at some point. But right, they just Magic and you know Genie Bus. They're all convinced that there's there's bigger players out there, and that they're going to make this huge trade. And now Anthony Davis has obviously popped up, and you have like you know Paul out there trying to instigate it all. Um, maybe LeBron. Maybe LeBron's the instigator. But regardless. I think they're holding on to Hart for a trade like that. Um, for whatever reason, I just keep hearing that they just think Hart's one of the best out of that young core. is like him and Kuzma. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I agree. All right, you guys ready to uh, to move on to our last section of trades? Yo. This is the Anthony Davis special. Obviously, we all know Woo. AD has requested a trade. Um, so I've got a handful of AD trades here. You guys are now in charge of the New Orleans front office, which is maybe good for them because that means Dale Demps is in charge of the New Orleans front office, um, <laughs> and he's completely shit the bed. So I've got a handful of trades wrong. here. You guys, th- these are basically the trades that have been filtered down. You have these offers on the table, and you get to make a decision on which one you want for Anthony Davis. All right? All Trade right. number one, let's yeah. continue talking about the Lakers. They are offering Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Zubach. Is that how I say or Zubach? I don't know which one it is. Zubat. Zubat. <laughs> Zubat. <laughs> Lakers. Supersonic. Lakers 2019 and 2021 first round picks. Ooh. Whew. And 2020 because you can't trade first round picks in consecutive years the pelicans won a pick swap in 2020 for anthony davis Sheesh. okay that's the first one any thoughts on that one so far ingram that's kuzma zubak pelicans and two first rounders for 80 that's a oh, okay yeah that's a lot i'm that's, gonna be honest here i don't like take. i don't like i i 
I think there are many other good deals out there that the Pelicans can Great. make besides, I think Pelicans say none of that. besides the Lakers' yep. young core. Yep. Next one is a fun one. Gary Harris, Michael Ooh, Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and their 2021st rounder Yep, for Anthony Davis. Better than I the take Lakers. that or the Lakers. Yep. 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 Exactly. Okay, next one. This one's maybe not as sexy. Davis Bertans, Jakob Pertl, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, LaMarcus Aldridge, Ooh. and the Spurs' first-round pick this year for Anthony Davis and Solomon Hill. So a first-rounder, Murray, and Aldridge right there, and plus, you know, Pertl. Plus Walker, plus Pertl, plus Bertans, and the Pelicans get off Solomon Hill's money. I might like that one better than the Lakers even, but I still don't think I'm saying no. uh, that's better than than the uh, Denver's Denver's offer. Two more. I think you, okay. Two I'll more. Uh, I didn't include the Knicks one um, just because I don't know if the Knicks – I think the only way the Knicks get in this is if they have the first overall pick in the draft. So the Knicks aren't included. Agreed. Here. Next one. Apparently the, they want to hold on to Knox too, which I think kind of uh, – they'd have to throw out like Porzingis and Knox to really – get something super intriguing yeah um this next one i hope no blog boys listen to our podcast because they might come find my address and crucify me pascal siakam yes og ananobi serge Ibaka, and toronto's 2021 first round pick for anthony davis so that picks not for another two seasons but you get siakam ananobi ibaka and a 2021 for 80 i'm hanging up Obviously, the Raptors say no because Siakam is better than yeah, Davis no will ever be. Oh, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> and then yeah, my last one. Some people might say this last one is a little over the top. I would disagree. Here's what I got. <laughs> Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, Al Horford, Memphis's top eight protected 2019 first-round pick, uh, it is only top five protected in 2020 for Anthony Davis and Nikola Mirotic. So this is the offer they would probably put together come July one, July first, right? And it's either going to be that, or it's going to be a package centered around Jalen Brown. Yep. And I would argue that this one's probably better than anything centered around Jalen because you get Tatum, who I think yep. is potentially going to be really good. Um, that's tough. So yeah, I think you have that one. That one feels the most intriguing. You have five deals here. You have the Denver deal, the Lakers deal, the Boston deal, the Toronto deal, and the Spurs deal. So the thing with the Toronto deal is, I'm, I mean, Siakam's an incredible player, but I'm still not sure that he can just take a franchise and lead it by himself. Where that Denver package is super intriguing. I would argue that's between the Denver and the Celtics. Yeah, I agree. I think the thing that the thing that's missing from some of these is the star power factor. I think that you think about the Pelicans as a franchise, they need to get valuable assets back, but they need somebody that's going to get the fan base excited. I mean, this needs to get butts an, in the seats. Exactly, as an organization, I mean, they've they've been bringing in what ten thousand fans to to watch Anthony Davis and a team that's pretty darn good, like last season. Uh, Sam Vecini on, on the podcast I was listening to, he mentioned, you know, last year when they played the Warriors in the playoffs, 
the, you had Warriors fans flying out to watch the game in NOLA because it was way cheaper. It was way easier to get a ticket out there. So I think they've got some issues just in trying to get the fans on board. And I think that whatever trade they do, they're going to have to not only bring in, you know, those valuable guys like Siakam who, who are good players, but Siakam's not going to sell out the arena. They need somebody that's going to sell jerseys. That's going to sell tickets. And I, I, I don't see it in that trade. I'm with you. I think Jason Tatum maybe does that. Um, That's why I I also think, even though I didn't include a a Knicks deal, like I think Zion Williams, Williamson, uh, Williamson, yeah, agreed. Agreed Just for the intrigue of of that kid would put butts in seats. I would argue it's not the Celtics that you are holding off until the summer to trade AD for. I think it's that to see who gets that number one pick because I think if you can get Zion, you might see AD get traded on draft night. I'm not sure we've yeah. seen a player like like this since arguably LeBron, just so well, versatile and Zion. Zion's a freak, dude. I saw a stat today in conference play in the ACC. Zion yep. Williamson, I keep want to say Williams. Williamson has more <laughs> offensive rebounds than missed shots. That's oh, he's that's like seventy percent from man. the floor in conference play. He's missed seven shots and he has like twelve offensive rebounds. You know who else Super was like wild. that? Anthony Davis, Greg Oden. That's, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> and that I mean, that's the risk with a draft pick is that it's it all is. potential. Yeah, you're betting is. on potential. Did you guys know I that think... Greg Oden wanted to be a dentist? What? Could you imagine what? those what? big ass hands in your mouth? <laughs> oh <my laughs> yeah. Maybe like a dentist at the zoo. Yeah, like an <laughs> elephant dentist. Like, there's no way he could be a dentist. Like, his hands are too damn big. <laughs> That's a really fun fact. I he's gonna I try to put the li- you know really the cool. the little like suction thing. He's gonna shove that thing down to like your damn stomach. It's gonna suck up your lunch. <laughs> My God. <laughs> but I do think I think that's why I think that's what gets the Knicks interested. It, you know, this is a lot of hypotheticals here. If the Knicks get that first pick, I, I, I think that's why AD becomes interesting is because he's a sure thing. The Knicks have had so I, many just failed hype experiments over the years that I'm not sure that they can, you know, survive another one. They kind of need something that's a little more proven. Whereas the Pelicans, like they can absolutely sell the fans on Zion Williamson. Like that's going to help the rebuilding of that franchise and to kind of, you know, give it that jump start after the AD era is over that they need. Uh, I think that works out well for both teams. But I think to your point, Taylor, I think whoever lands the first pick, is instantly in the Anthony Davis conversation and instantly probably near the top of the Anthony Davis conversation. Yep. I'd agree with that. I would so agree I was listening 100%. to the uh, M- NBA Ringer podcast today at the mismatch with Kevin O'Connor, and he was talking about like just you know the the new draft lottery lo- uh, odds. I almost said lots. Goodness, <laughs> the lottery odds. Like I think it's the top like four worst top teams or four. whatever. Yeah, they have like a fourteen percent chance of getting that number one pick. Is that right? I think yep. it's top three. Then, I think it's top least, three. Okay, top three. Top three, so but then the fourth one's like a 12.5%. Like, it's not a big crazy. difference. Yeah, it's not a big drop. So, essentially, you're bargaining on either, you know, if you wait for this summer to trade AD, you're bargaining on either the Knicks hitting that number one pick with a 14% chance, or you're hoping that Danny Ainge is a man of his word and will still trade you Jason Tatum and... You know, like you said, Terry Rozier and Al Horford or whoever else it is took that trade work because apparently, like we've heard today, Kyrie Irving staying in in Boston might not be a for sure deal, and that would change a lot 
right yeah, there. Yeah, but here's yeah, my thing. It only makes sense for New Orleans to wait because, like, are, it's not like the Lakers are going to pull the deal off the table in right. July. There's exactly. You know, that's no one's point. pulling their it's deals Anthony off the Davis. table. It's Anthony right. Davis, yeah. So, yep. but you guys haven't answered my question. You're taking the Denver <laughs> package or the Boston package? It seems like you guys were down to those two. Oh, I think I'm going to take, take that. I'm going to take Boston because I love Jason Tatum. Yeah, I think it's, you know, all signs kind of point to Boston for NOLA. It's it's the trendy thing to say, and I was trying really hard to justify Denver in my head just to be yep. different because, like, everyone in the world is saying it's going to be Boston and NOLA, which probably means it's definitely not going to be Boston and yep. NOLA. Yep, someone's coming out of left honest. field. <laughs> but Like Toronto, they, like Oklahoma City, someone's coming no, out of left field. I was going to say. Yeah, Stephen Adams and Terrence Ferguson weren't actually hurt today. They're just uh, oh, you know, shut up. <laughs> shut <laughs> up, dude. I saw somebody say they wouldn't be willing to trade away Stephen Adams for AD, and I about threw my computer out the window. <laughs> yeah, I love I love Stephen, I love Stephen Adams more than anybody in the world. Agreed, but but <laughs> Anthony Davis. Like <laughs> one thing that's. One thing that's interesting to me with this whole AD thing, and I brought this up earlier today on our Slack, is when you think back to when Paul George was in this position, like the deals that were being talked about were nowhere near as lucrative as some of the things that we're talking about now because everyone was nervous because they thought PG was just a rental and that he'd eventually end up on the Lakers. But what we saw, the Thunder took the chance, Presti closed the deal, PG signs a long-term extension to play for the Thunder. And now I feel like the conversation is completely different than it was before that happened. Because, you know, if you if you rewind, there's no way the Celtics are talking about this because AD is going to go to L.A. He's going to be a Laker. There's, there's no way that the Raptors are interested in this for the same reason. But it kind of changed the paradigm of how we're talking about these, like, one-year contracts and expiring guys who everybody's so sure is going to end up in one place. Presti kind of proved like it it's not a sure thing. If if you have a good culture and you have something that a guy's willing to buy into, like you, you can sign these guys long term and really kind of change the course of your franchise. And I think that just shows again how lucky we are to have Sam Presti because not he didn't just go for like an Anthony <clears throat> an Anthony Davis. Although I would argue that Anthony Davis and Russ, you know, they're good friends apparently and that could have potentially worked also. But when right. it came to Paul George, it's another guy who's from LA, but you already have a superstar. And Russell Westbrook, who was going to sign that max extension, um, he was going. To, he he showed Paul George how you could be from LA, you could still have a house in LA, but yep. you could play in Oklahoma City, and it doesn't matter if you're in a big market or a small market, you can still make a brand and make a name for yourself and compete for a championship. And you know, Presley really gambled on that, but he he strategically picked the right superstar to pair with Russ. He didn't just go for anybody, and I think that's why you know some of these teams may fail if if you're a for example at Denver. And you go for Anthony Davis. I could see where Anthony Davis is like, "Hey, this is great, but me and Jokic, we just don't really pair well." So I'm gonna head out to uh, to LA next season. Sorry, guys. You know what I mean? Yep. I think absolutely. That was a really strategic play on his part. But you're exactly right in the sense that it completely changed the whole um, the whole entire league, for that matter, and how they view these trades. The Scared money don't make none. <laughs> Do you guys see one somebody on Twitter? I'm I can't even remember. Yes, that I he saw took that. A, like he was sitting courtside or something, and Sam Pre- or close to courtside, and Sam Presti walked walked by him, and so the the guy yelled out like "Scared money don't make none," and Sam looked back and he said, 
don't you and yes and don't you forget it <laughs> that's awesome I love it. He's the best. <laughs> all right you guys ready to get out of here Yo. yes sir all righty so hey thanks to everybody for checking out the podcast we really appreciate you if you're not already subscribed you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts our podcasts are also on our website theuncontestedsports.com you can follow us on twitter we are at the underscore uncontested justin is at okc tracker if you want to follow him nick is at two cranes c-r-a-i-n-z Taylor is at Taylor with an E, Taylor underscore P15. And I'm at Thundermob405. Trade deadline, nine days, eight days now, eight days away. We will be doing a Google Hangouts live on YouTube, the final 30 minutes of the trade deadline. So from 2.30 Central Time until 3.30 Central Time. So if you are free that Thursday evening, if you're in the office following along on on Twitter, if you are uh, ditching work to to follow the NBA trade deadline, if you're ditching class, whatever, uh, tune into the YouTube Live. It'll be a lot of fun. That day is going to be huge. We have trade deadline, we have the All-Star Draft, and we have Thunder vs. Memphis that night, which Memphis probably will be without Mark Gasol and or Mike Conley. So hopefully they'll win that night. game. So it's going to be a crazy day in in the NBA. So make sure that you, you check that out. With all that said, we will talk to you guys again Friday night after the Thunder versus Miami Heat game. You guys take it easy. Enjoy your week and Thunder up. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.